Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 438 on Tuesday, the 16th of November, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we're failing to be sparked with joy at one winner. We feel sympathy for all 20-year-old caravan owners, and we're gassed to see the latest Hot Wheels. But first, we leap into... Actually, a little bit of follow-up for us for a change. It's been a while. It's quite a lot of follow-up, it feels like. Yes. And the uh, the first bit is to do with our old friend Dieselgate. It's been a while, everyone. It has, actually. This is the news that the US Supreme Court has rejected Volkswagen's attempt to avoid lawsuits from or non-federal organizations. So that's like the, the states themselves or the counties within states. Mm-hmm. They are trying to sue under the Clean Air Act. But Volkswagen was saying, ah, well, the Clean Air Act is only applicable if you are the actual U.S. government. Mm, Federal government, yeah. And we have paid the U.S. government quite a lot of money in our guilt. So we don't need to pay these other people. And by association, Bosch, who are the supplier Mm. of defeat devices. And the Supreme Court has turned around and gone, no. You do need to go to court with these people, and you do have a, a case to to answer against the state of Ohio so far, and a county or counties in Florida and Utah, as it stands. <laughs> this this went as high as as high as the president. Yes, because the court asked the president biden's administration to weigh in on the dispute and they urged the justices not to hear the matter saying that the clean air act and i'm quoting reuters here the clean air act allows for enforcement of state laws it has gone as far up as it can really go in in the u.s yes now this we we did talk about this quite a while ago because it went to the ninth circuit court Mm. of appeals and there is again in the in the Reuters article that will be linked in the show notes. There is a link uh, to that, but in it it does talk about how the decision that states and counties can sue on this uh, could lead to, and I'm quoting, staggering liability for Volkswagen. End quote. Even more. I think it's even more staggering. Yeah. I mean, if we think is- the. Th- well, we keep being told thirty-two billion. It must be about thirty-five billion by now because it's. I've lost count. several years on, and, and my timeline's so far out of date. I'm not sure I could spend the time bringing it back up to date. <laughs> no. But because they've opened it to literally every county and every state in America, oh wow, they are they they've either got to make a almost like class action agreement with all these. Or all these governmental, or yeah. you know, whatever their whatever their it's, tier is, and, and it comes down to local government as well. So, yeah. so common sense is probably right out the window. I know local government's bad enough in the UK, in the US. I think well, it's even but, worse. But if you're going to tell people, oh yeah, we've got you know several billion off Volkswagen, so now we can fund whatever it is, and I want to get re-elected next year, please. You know, mm-hmm. let, let's just think that through. Plus, we can go, ooh, those naughty foreigners. Yes. <laughs> which well, that, that'll, that'll seems to have well driven quite states. a bit of the diesel gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, do you want to take us uh, to another bit of our second bit of follow up, though? Yes. So, second bit of follow up, moving on from that, is about trailers. Remember, we, the government recently announced that they would change the driving license rules for towing trailers. Because some of us who have post-1990, whenever, six, uh, licenses, I could look at, the, of course, the car, aren't really allowed to tow trailers that weigh more than 750 kilograms or a, or a total maximum allowable mass for the vehicle and trailer combination of three and a half tons plus 250 kilos so i think it's three and three quarter tons from memory and i really should know that off by heart but i don't well and by the way for all all non-patrons for the podcast you missed out on some fantastic facial gymnastics from alan as he tried <laughs> yes, to remember it was, that it was it was <laughs> yes yes I'm, I'm sure it was 
they had then announced that, that these changes would take place on the 15th of November to allow you to tow up to three and a half tons as the trailer alone, subject to various other rules. They changed their mind two days ago. Uh, that makes that well, two or three days ago. So that was like four days before it, it was supposed to be introduced. It's been postponed again. There's no date to do it. Just if you were planning on a trip, towing a trailer where you previously hadn't necessarily been allowed, don't get caught out. That's why we're telling you. Yes. That is Thank it. you to at the Loriest uh, on Twitter for that. That one. is a superb Twitter name, Tom. Whoever yes, you are, Tom. That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost as bad as the number plates and traveling abroad and the GB stroke UK debacle of no 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 it's okay you won't have to change anything yes you've got to change everything <laughs> it's big number plate has it, been funding the government. it's as though no one knows what's going on or what they're doing <laughs> well I've I've found my bottom with one hand can I find it with the other hand oh, no it slipped off <laughs> <laughs> talking of which I'm now going to talk about the <laughs> iconic. EV charger oh, design. What a waste. Uh, so, as it was COP26, again, we'll get into that a bit later on, Grant Shapps decided that this was the time to unveil the winning design for the for the charger that was going to be as recognisable as red telephone boxes and post boxes and that sort of thing. It was going to be iconic, everyone. If you remember back in the day... Because we, I think we talked about when they decided they were going to launch this. I think so. It wasn't very long ago. It's a bit last minute, fudgy. I mean, you can tell by what they've unveiled. It was a last minute fudge of complete rubbish, to be perfectly frank. It's waste of time and effort and just blatant stupidity. Sorry, who was going to get angry with this story? Royal College of Arts, so RCA, along with PA Consulting, never a good sign. Well known sign of quality that. <laughs> you've never heard of PA Consulting, congratulations. Yeah, you are so lucky. <laughs> yes. But they were brought in to come up with what was going to be the quintessentially British charging, on-street charging point. Now, they unveiled it, and he's plugged it into a Jaguar. Which, good. Well done. But as many people pointed out, it looks awfully like designs you can get now. Except yeah. the handle bit, which looks like it's not going to fit into the most built UK EV, i.e. the Leaf, is charging mm. point. <laughs> and and we still don't know the specs of this, so we don't know if it actually will cover is, all the charging options. <laughs> is it 7 kilowatt, 22 kilowatt? What is it? Is it C it's, it's just, CSS? And it's is just, it, well, you know, we don't even know that. It's just a pillar. It's a pillar. It's a pillar style charger, As, but with some metal and some black bit on it. And to be honest, in a little while, it's going to look scruffy and untidy, just like every other one. And how are you going to be able to tell which charging network it is and how you pay for it and any of this other stuff? Because it's all just going to look the same. It's a white you elephant. You get away wasn't with this. It? it was a if white was, elephant. It's a, this is this is a total and utter white. This will sink without trace. Because the the other thing that was pointed out to me by many people actually when I when I retweeted this and went, is that it? Like it mm. really? But was that it looks just like the cigarette posts that you find outside offices and it stuff. Does. It does, doesn't it? It just looks just like one of those. So and you can imagine it being kicked and dented and people putting out cigarettes on top of it within minutes so mm -hmm. what a waste of time and effort yeah just dumb mm. sorry on which positive note shall we move on to not follow up anymore yes let's go to new news new news it's only not follow up because we didn't cover this way way back but i think it's good news in that there has been a vote at the dvla for more strike action uh, or not. And the outcome is no more strike action. Now, the DVLA is, has never exactly been known as the pinnacle of customer service. No. Not even the pinnacle of government customer service. <laughs> DVLA is well known for being a total pain in the bottom to deal with. Now, there has been a row ongoing at the DVLA 
let me be more specific. There's been a row ongoing uh, at the DVLA uh, around COVID safety. And this is understandable, considering there was, after the first lockdown, there was a big spike that was put purely down to, in the area of Swansea, purely down to the DVLA offices. Yes, exactly. So there's been sort of ongoing strike action about safety there. Which, irrespective of what everybody's views on and levels of anger about dealing with the DVLA at the moment, I think we all agree we don't want people to get sick, stroke, die at work. No, no. Well, this is this is very true. So as part of this new... Anyway, as part of this vote, in actual fact, four out of five of those who voted said they wanted to continue keeping taking action, but only just under 40% of people who were asked to vote did vote, uh, which is below the legal threshold of 50%. So the Public and Commercial Services Union are, are not wonderfully happy, but they are going to be seeking urgent negotiations with DVLA senior management to discuss the health and safety concerns. So hopefully they'll get those that sorted out, and hopefully some of the backlog of stuff. I mean, the last time we talked about this, there were people saying just how long some things have been waiting there. And it, it's important stuff that's held up in this backlog mm. as well. It's it's, yeah, yeah. Me, it's lots of the, the sort of medical and getting your license back yeah. Yeah. after having it suspended for medical reasons. It's things like that. So it, it is important. It is messing with people's lives. Now, obviously, as Andrew said, don't want anyone to be ill. At DVLA, it is important that they can work safely. Uh, hopefully, management are sorting it out. I don't believe so. When you look at the quote, though, where they say mm-hmm. they say we welcome the results of the PCS ballot today, which shows that staff yeah. in DVLA did not support industrial action. That's not what it shows at all. That is That's not actually. absolute. That just shows how disjointed the discussion between the union and management is in my opinion, mm. and I don't think it's going to get any easier. The, the The thing is, when you're dealing with the DVLA and you're not having to deal with something out uh, slightly out of the normal or where you would need to deal with a person, it works. So if you renew your license or mm. something like that, it works really well. It works very efficiently. It's when you have to do things like hand something in or you would like to speak to someone. Yes, that well, seems an impossibility at the can't moment. Do can't do that. Can't do that. It has been an impossibility for some time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, hopefully no more strikes. Hopefully stuff's getting sorted out. Hopefully they can catch up on the backlog of, of stuff sooner rather than later. Yep. Agreed. I'm going to take us to COP26, but only quickly because I don't really know very much about COP26 because I tried not to pay any attention to it. But <laughs> oh, da- oh, drat! That makes two of us. <laughs> but I what... just looked at my another waste of time. Yeah, yes, it, it really did feel like that. I have to say, um, my my hopes weren't high, and it looks like um, they were not even met. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have a reaction to this. I'll let you tell people the story, and then I will give you my reaction. So what's happened is some car manufacturers have signed up to a pledge to eliminate car emissions by 2040 and work towards selling only zero emission new cars and vans in, and this is quotes, leading markets by 2035 or sooner. Now, that really means... That's meaningless. But that means the government or the countries that have already turned around and gone... It's 2030 or 2035, you will only be selling EVs or hydrogen-based vehicles. Mm-hmm. So they've they've committed to doing what they were already doing. <laughs> but yeah. just to be clear, Ford, JLR, Mercedes-Benz, GM and Volvo, as well as some Chinese companies that we don't really know about over here that much, they have all signed up to that commitment but bmw renault uh, and i'm presuming nissan because they're not included in the ones that have signed hyundai stellantis toyota and vw have not signed the deal along with as we know some countries all i can say is so what you look at the ones who are listed there okay and you think well those are some of the ones that are selling most uh, you know that are amongst the best-selling ev brands and if they're not 
They're working very hard to be so, and they are shouting a lot about how they are making EVs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't really... Who, I think who I, cares about who cares about this? Surely the actions are more important than signing something which, frankly, is is just there to make some politicians look good. I, well, I think this just underlines how pointless it appears COP twenty six really was. We we are of course uh, in favour of of clean fresh air and <laughs> not killing the environment, as yes. we say every time we have, <laughs> we have, we share this kind of opinion, but. They're right, but I think actions are more important than that, rather than, I don't know, flying most of the way around the world to sit in a room. Mm. Just get on with it and stop talking. Yep. There we go. Yep. That's my grown-up response to that. Well, do you want to take us to... Well, well, this isn't great news for the environment this week. Do you want to take us to an, uh, another bit that isn't isn't wonderful, but there's a little bit of hope? Yeah, a chemical company called Johnson Matthey is withdrawing from the EV battery industry. Now they have a number of uh, a number of partnerships, or they were partnered with a, a number of, sort of quite significant organisations. There's a tech firm, Echion. It's one of these ones where it's a fancy name, but they're not podcasters. Uh, <laughs> University College London and British Vault. Now, British Vault's due to start battery manufacture in 2023. And one of the reasons they, they've pulled out is that they're saying that whilst the testing of their battery materials is going well, the marketplace is evolving more quickly than that. There's so much more commoditization of these kind of things batteries mm. that and lower returns they just don't think they're going to be able because of this commoditization and the fact that there are going to be plenty and everyone else is well ahead of them it seems that they're not going to be able to achieve the returns they need to justify any future investment how i read into that was we went into this thinking we could do something and we hadn't really done full due diligence and realized the situation of the market. There's a bit of that. I think that maybe at the time when mm. they started, they were doing fine, but they said that, but they've been saying that they're too far behind sort of LG chem in, in Korea, CATL and Umimor, which is a Belgian company, CATL being Chinese, who seem to be the market leaders at producing lots and lots of batteries. Mm. And I think that it's probably, whilst what they've done's worked, it might not be scalable as quickly as these other companies, and therefore they wouldn't be able to either be able to make enough quickly enough to make it work financially mm. um, or otherwise. And it takes, to be honest, the easiest option would have been to keep on saying, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, yeah. and then it'd be a massive flop. This, as a corporate decision, is a brave decision. Well, it's decisive decision. which is rare it's just yes it's decisive and courageous well done to them for holding their hands up and going we might not have done this it might put 400 research and testing jobs at, at risk according to the telegraph but the chances are that 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 won't necessarily be the case i i don't think because what they're saying is that they'll be able to concentrate now on the hydrogen technologies Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that, and decarbonisation of chemicals in the value chain, which was a quote from the firm when they announced this, in the autocar article that will be linked in the show notes as ever. Uh, so it's they're not leaving the market, they're just no. stepping away from EV batteries. Yeah, one of the things that is important is, is as a company, they will need to diversify anyway, mm. because one of their major revenue streams is making catalytic converters for petrol and diesel cars mm. and of course the fewer of them they sell the fewer catalytic converters they sell and and you know that's going to be a, a declining market yeah but short term if they send out enough gangs to go and nick them from cars as yeah. seems to be going on they can, they've got a little, <laughs> a little cyclic that genuinely was a concern when i was looking after my my mum's yaris hybrid I was more concerned about it than just about any other car on the drive simply because it had probably a desirable catalytic converter. Mm. Whereas I know they can't get to the one on the GRMN because there's only one and it's tucked right up behind the engine. 
And then let's not talk about the other two. Well, the other two. Well, Johnny wasn't on my drive, but the Mercedes doesn't have a catalytic converter either because it's too old. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was actually a, a concern. Anyway, more battery news, Andrew, and it's all about sports cars. Possibly. Possibly, possibly sports unicorns. Yes, possibly, I think, is an important word in, in this next story. <laughs> well, the news is that TVR has uh, entered Who? a joint venture with Ensorcia Metals. It's probably Ensorcia. Ensorcia. As in sorcery. Yeah. Yes. Ensorcia Metals. Well, it's going to be said, yes, sorcery comes up with the funding. Uh, who are a lithium mining company who are going to partly fund the Griffith production, apparently, but they'll also be the battery supply for upcoming TVR EVs, which are apparently in planning stages and development, allegedly. Really? Well, so we are led to believe by members of the TVR team. Okay. Make of that what you will. <laughs> Mainly, it looks like they're, they're with this this company because they desperately need the cash to get the A mm -hmm. and Griffith to market, let alone many. No, I think another is actually the important. Another Griffith. <laughs> As you can probably tell from our, our words here, we are a little sceptical whether TVR will bring a Griffith to market to to the public anyway and now to be talking about ev production even though they're they're supposed to be moving into their new production base in uh, the Ebelvale enterprise zone in the first quarter of next year and they are again supposed to be using gordon murray's iStream manufacturing process which has been partially funded by the welsh government um, they claim that things are moving forward and that they should be getting cars V8 Griffiths to people before the end of 2023. I, I've eaten snails progressing more quickly than that. I, uh, a quick look on Twitter would show that not many people believe that. There have been so many promises. It's just beyond it. Yeah. I think, what, for four or five years ago, five years ago when they un unveiled the Griffith, it was like, ooh, yay. Now it's like really. By the time it gets to twenty twenty three, it's going to look. Is it going to be so retro? It's coming back in again. Is it? Is yeah, it's going to be like a Morgan. <laughs> it's going to be like the, the full circle. We've gone long enough. Yeah, oh. it's our heritage. It's our. It's the. It's our heritage model. Yes. <laughs> it was it's the latest a, thing. It's with, also it first was, edition, so that's extra yeah, price. Exactly. <laughs> The Heritage First Edition, you know, uh, that's spec. twenty million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Would you please take us to a happier story? Because the first half has been a bit grim. <laughs> it has a bit, hasn't it? Uh, so yes, uh, there's a new a new bus for London, uh, which this auto car article does not use the word iconic. So that's a good start. Sorry, Jack Warwick, who who did actually write it. A new bus in London, and it's going to be London's first purpose-designed electric bus, an electric double-decker bus as well. Mm -hmm. It's been called the Dual E, and it has been developed by a an electrification specialist in uh, in Norwich called Equipmake, and the Spanish coach-building company Bulus. So it's going to be double-decker bus, as I think I've said. Just looks mostly like a normal double-decker bus, but it will have a it will have one of three battery pack options: either 325 kilowatt hour, 440, 434 kilowatt hour, or 543 kilowatt hour, and that will give us a range of up to 300 miles, which supposedly will be enough to complete an entire duty cycle without recharging. That's quite a large. Well, it's quite a large battery. Quite a it's large like battery. It's like 10 times the size of many cars. I think I, I think the press car I've got coming tomorrow is a 30-something or a 40-something kilowatt-hour battery 40, pack. I think. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's ten times, more than 10 times that. 
that's pretty chunky. Hmm. But yeah, th- there's all sorts of fun challenges with with EV buses like this. Uh, stuff like recharging, and if you've got an entire um, coach station or bus garage trying to recharge the buses overnight, just what kind of suck will that have on the local electricity grid and do you need a new substation and all sorts of fun things yeah. like that they've been working with the firm go ahead uh, and these are going to go into service relatively soon what's important about this is it reach is it's the first electric bus to to meet the tfl bus safety standard requirements for 2024 so again it's well ahead of the next round of replacements and all that replacements and regulations that that it's going to have to meet so that should mean hopefully it has a a long and productive life i mean the the other thing as well looking at the the pictures in the in the article again in the show notes is you wouldn't know it was electric looking at it no it just looks it just looks like a a a double decker that you'd see in london yeah and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, there's sometimes that we swing towards let's have something that looks futuristic, and then there's times we go, it doesn't need to look futuristic. And I think this is one of those times that the bus shape is perfect for what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Stick with that. <laughs> exactly. So this this isn't going to be any this. As I said, the word iconic is not used anywhere here. No. Uh, and so this isn't some kind of this a replacement Boris bus or any of these things. Cool though those buses are but also flawed but the the yeah this is this is a bus their their first concern seems to be meeting the needs yes <laughs> for a change which is important yeah. so that's good i think that has got us dragged us out of the depressing first part it has uh, and that takes us to the cheery moment that is guilt minute the quick break in the show and we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running as ever, if you feel the motoring podcast worth small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. Different levels of being a patron also mean you get different amounts of the f- fantastic, but small, uh, range of merchandise available from our website and from our spring store, from stickers to mugs and T-shirts. As it's coming up to Christmas, and don't forget, folks, our mugs are fantastically good quality, mm-hmm. and the T-shirts are pretty decent too. Yes. Uh, if you don't have any spare cash, um, we do completely understand that, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thank you very much, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes, and thank you to everyone who does. Alan, would you like to talk about Taigo? Yes. <laughs> Only, I think that there's a certain <laughs> Japanese automotive company who who would um, object to that particular pronunciation. Well, I'm I'm going in line with with the the other vehicle that is mentioned in this article from the same company called the Tacross. Or the to live it if it was from up north. So yes, <laughs> there is only one exception to that. So obviously, you know from the name because it's a slightly weird, and then when it's Volkswagen, you know it's going to be some form of SUV. Uh, there, there is one exception to that rule, and that is the US only plus, which it, on which the A at the start is silent. But yes, uh, if a uh, was that was that not another um, April Fools that people just didn't realise was an April Fools? Not the Volkswagen Atlas. Yeah, no, it is a real thing. Oh God! So other than that, all the rest of the Volkswagen SUVs have been with a T. There we go. There is a completely useless piece of information which you none of you have lost sleep over ever about not knowing that. Anyway, the Tygo is a B-segment coupe SUV-ish thing. Um, it's related to the Polo and the Tacross. It's a jacked-up hatchback. It's a jacked-up, slopey hatchback. It is, yes. Uh, it is 
also £21,960 uh, as a starting price. You can have it with a one litre turbocharged triple, putting out a whopping 94 brake horsepower or a 109 brake horsepower 1.5 litre four cylinder. Um, no, pardon me. The one litre triple puts out 94 or 109 brake horsepower. The 1.5 puts out 148 brake horsepower. One day I'll learn to read. You'd think it would be important when you do this kind of thing. Uh, you can get five or six speed manual gearboxes or seven speed DSGs. Many efficiencies uh, ranging from 46 to 52 on the WLTP. It was called the Nevis, which is why they had to change it because that didn't fit with the rules uh, in South America. <laughs> where it's been on sale for a year. The UK ones, or the European model ones, will be built in Pamplona in Spain, along with its MQB-A siblings. It's about the same size as a Duke. Yeah, they're throwing some plastic cladding over the wheel arches, which is never a bad thing. But I think they are stretching some of the marketing words with the powerful, sporty appearance uh, and trendy trendy crossover. Which, which got, sounds like it was written by someone in uh, what's the uh, what's that comedy series? Is it? Um, uh, it was W one A? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like we've heard young people speak like this. <laughs> it's all right. There you go. It's a it's, it's a nice. VW. It's it's based on the Polo as well, which is not a bad thing. It's going to meet the needs of a certain set of people who want that sort of thing, but don't need it to be too flashy. Possibly quite an old set of people. Maybe more more aged than younger, mature. yes. Mature, mature. Yes, mature. mature. That's it. Yes. Uh, it, but it's not, it completely and totally inoffensive to look at, and I'm sure it'll be inoffensive in every single other way as well. And to be honest, <laughs> compared to some vehicles on the road, that's a win. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm going to take us to a totally new vehicle that we didn't talk about the other week yes the subaru solterra ev or the toyota bz4x that's been rebadged and slightly restyled around the front only very slightly though Uh, so there are at the moment there are a lot of companies partnering with each other toyota is doing particularly good business with the smaller Japanese manufacturers who need to be producing hybrid and EV-only models. We've seen it Mm. with Suzuki. We're now seeing it with Subaru. But this is a continuation from their GT86. This seems to be a much deeper partnership because there's different... You know, they started in a different area and now they're working on this, which is good to see because... We're big fans of Subaru and we want Subaru to do well. I think the difference between this and Suzuki is that here, the development is shared. Mm. With Suzuki, it's like, can, can, can we put some new can we put some new bumpers on your, on, on your car, please? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But having said that, the two models, I mean, we, we spoke about the Toyota the other week, and this... They are virtually identical. We don't know yet because this is to be revealed at the LA Motor Show by Subaru. We don't know yet to what extent the differences will be. Will they be using the steer-by-wire system? We don't know that. But looking at the couple of pictures that have been revealed, it, it is a rebadged version. Subaru need to do something because we've tried the, you know, I've I've tried their hybrid, their first step in hybrids, which was weak as far as <laughs> electrification goes yeah. because it was not an electrified platform or designed to do it and they've just had to try and crowbar something in so they need help they do not have oodles of cash like the bigger companies do and we i think we're going to see lot, well, i mean we're seeing it with the big companies we're seeing how ford and vw have tied up with mm-hmm. each other you know this is an incredibly expensive move by the motoring industry which i don't think many people appreciate it's costing billions and billions to shift from an internal combustion engine to this. And, you know, the way you see some hair shirted people scream and say, you shouldn't just, you should just stop dri- driving cars full stop. We shouldn't be buying new ones at all. You think, well, how are we going to change? How are we going to get better? 
if we if mm. people aren't buying things and so there's going to be a lot of collaboration for many years until people are more secure with the technology or there are more suppliers of modular bits of tech that they can go back to developing their own specific vehicles yes yeah absolutely once you get good at something you can then sort of adapt it yourself yeah yeah the the, the big difference seems to be that the uh that the subaru is 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 there don't seem to be any pictures of the subaru without a normal steering wheel mm. i'm trying not to make the no yoke joke again um, don't don't do that nah, that's good uh so <laughs> so yeah so subaru seems to have normal steering wheel i, I would imagine that's going to be the kind of thing there's going to be one brand gets one set of colors and diff- the other brand gets a different set of colors interiors and stuff as well so we'll see how it goes remember the uk is a small market for subaru it's nothing compared to the us yeah um, it's the us that's going to do well major, in. major market yeah absolutely that's one they seem to to do well in yes yes they do yeah especially the northeast yeah alan you spoke to people at the weekend you saw real humans <sighs> in real life Saturday it was shocking. I was so exhausted actually <laughs> speaking to people and meeting people in real life and there were many people sometimes all together and I went on a train and it was all sorts of weird. But lovely. Oh yes, yes, sorry. I was getting to that. <laughs> I went to the NEC the, the weirdness overwhelmed the loveliness. The loveliness was was there in buckets as well. But I went to the NEC Classic Motor Show at the weekend, as did most of Twitter, it seems. Uh, or certainly the <laughs> corner of Twitter in which which I, I inhabit. And I had a really nice time. And it was really nice to see so many of you, even those of you uh, and I'm sorry I missed some of you who are listeners whom I, of course, don't know what you look like. Did, did people not turn up with name badges once again? No. We've told them the rules. I I tweeted a picture of me you did? as I arrived on the basis that, okay, that's like a name badge. But it was quite tempting otherwise. I think maybe they're the T-shirts we need to do next time we go to something. Motoring yes. Podcast, yes, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Alan. <laughs> We need that because I get sick of being called Andrew when people misspeak. It's the accent. We sound so similar. Yeah. Um, so, so no, it was great. And it was, it, I, I was going to record a special edition. That had been my plan. And it took me about halfway into my first conversation with someone before I realized that actually most conversations were going to be the same. And really, the general vibe was, it's really great. It's great to be able to be in the same place as as people. It's great to be able to meet people face-to-face uh, again. Sure, there are some hurdles. It's great the way the NEC were handling it, I think. You know, you had – essentially, they were it was COVID pass. Mm-hmm. I know that according to the government that doesn't exist, but I think it's a very sensible move on the part of the NEC. So, you know, you had to have a test or have a, been vaccinated or – lots of things and that meant it felt really very safe mm-hmm. which i was a bit worried about some of us were discussing i said i've got a mask in my pocket and i'm not afraid to use it and just avoided any bit that i felt was going to be a little bit too crowded for me but it was so cool to just see all the clubs to see all the just the cool cars and it was a bit smaller than general the aisles were a bit wider but you know what? It didn't feel like it was missing anything. And there was a nice atmosphere of people pleased to be able to share their passion again. Good. I'm glad you had a nice time. As much as anything, I'm glad you had a nice yeah. time and you felt safe enough in the in the, the areas that you went yeah. in. That's, that's yeah. important because no one wants anyone to feel a little bit awkward, a little bit mm. dodgy, because then people won't go to other things. Ex- exactly that. Exactly that. But yeah, it was cool to to uh catch up with loads of people who've been on the podcast so there's uh, who was i speaking who, who was i speaking to i was speaking to just about every it felt well, you like got, I you got everyone. a picture of the honda i didn't get a picture of yes oh it was great yeah uh, yep yeah. so yes I, I i made a splash in the gay classic car group uh with uh when i went over to to meet jim mcgill i know i was i, I was some sort of minor celebrity for 15 minutes uh which which was nice uh the uh so yes great to meet jim mcgill uh someone who obviously 
chatted with on 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 twitter so much for so long and to mm-hmm. actually sit in the hyundai s660 really cozy isn't it really lovely? good it's really nice isn't it um, lovely how it's quite minimal yes yes there's, there's just no rubbish and you'd be worrying you'd all you'd be doing is concentrating on driving yeah it's like driving an mx5 you mean yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that is honestly what it reminded me of but i wanted you to get in it before i said doesn't this feel like an MX-5? It does, but it's it's even cozier. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, so was, uh, that that was cool. I'd almost forgotten about that. It was great to see the Pollitt and his mm-hmm. Rover, which is looking very shiny, despite all his protestations. Yes. Being very shiny, very nice. I'm so glad it decided to behave itself all weekend. I'm very pleased for him. He knows we've had many conversations about my unhappiness with rovers through personal experience but i'm delighted yeah. that one is behaving at the moment for him and it it's, does look lovely what he's done nice he's put so much effort into it and i'm delighted at how nice it looks for him well i last saw it a year ago when i went to collect a mercedes mm-hmm. look leaps and bounds better not just because it's not just sitting there covered in dust but yeah looking it looks great and it was garnering so many compliments and everybody means them chris okay so that caught up with ian hobnot seabrook uh yes. ian cook oh yeah i saw the picture of you pointing to the oh i saw a the, terrible the picture signature. yeah i signed i signed as well beside you i was like upset that you'd been asked to sign and i hadn't and then i didn't say anything and then ian said oh you must sign so I was like, yes um <laughs> As in upset, as in really not upset at all. Well, he's upset that he wasn't first. Yeah, that's actually what he. <laughs> that's what it was. To. It's not that he was upset that he is that he wasn't first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's read my mind. Um, just great. Loads, so many cool things, and so many cool cars as well. I mean, obviously, as you can tell, the people made it really for me. I didn't take a huge number of pictures. I spent a lot of time chatting, but people who've been on the show as well. So I, I chat. So it was nice to catch up with David from the Car Crowd mm-hmm. and Dominic Taylor Lane from the Association of Heritage Engineers. Yes, uh, I saw and, a lot of tweets about that. I saw Ralph Hosier mm, tweeting about them. I, I missed Ralph as well. as well. He was he was off hobnobbing with important people. Did you bump into Mister Jones on speed? Because I saw he was there. No, I saw he was there as well. No, I missed. I, I, I missed. I missed Gareth Jones. I missed P- television's Paul Cowland. Uh, I know he may never I, forgive you, Strokos, for that. He's already no. I was. I'm not forgiving him for that. To be honest, uh, no. Oh, okay. He he was busy doing doing stuff. Yeah. To um, be fair, the discovery stage sounded like it was quite busy. It well, I don't know. Mike Brewer was there a lot. Anytime I went past, it was Mike Brewer. So it was it was great. It was really good. I had a good look around the auto jumble. I bought some sweet merch from Ian, from from um, from from Adam. So mm-hmm. Adam's got some really cool Revs merch. I should have bought some of the Top Trump things, but I didn't think I was. By that point, I'd caused. I had contributed to minor chaos on the stand. So so that was. Oh, so um... I decided. Uh, but I, I didn't start it. I just tried to help solve it um how much did that cost him you're a consultant after all <laughs> it cost me 20 quid for the t-shirt i was going to buy anyway it, looking on twitter it looked like it was a lovely event the, i mean the atmosphere was, was was great it wasn't the same as certainly the late break show at market harbour which just felt cozy and family mm. whereas this was like the five six holes of the nec so you know, it didn't have the cosy and family feel. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there obviously there's a difference, but but yeah, it's everybody's glad to be out, uh, folks. Do if you can, if you're in a position where it's possible, and, and you can. Going out for the first time is tricky, um, mm-hmm. psychologically. It um, but it's just do what you're comfortable about. Do what you're comfortable with, and it feels good once you've done it. Yeah, even whilst you're doing it, that, that sounds really dodgy. You can repurpose those words uh, about just about anything, I think. But yeah, that that's 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 what's important. I think we've waffled about this for far too long now. There will be in the show notes links to the two videos from Hubnut. 
because yeah. he's done two videos on it, which are excellent. So they will be in the show notes. Do click through on those and have a look uh, because it's great fun and you will get a taster of what was there uh, and that sort of stuff. And Ian's always entertaining to watch. It took four attempts visiting the stand that he was sharing with Steph from iDriver Classic and I always want to call him Richard and he's not from Furious Driving and uh, and and yeah because they were they had a busy weekend well that's what happens when you're when you're celebrities well exactly if he doesn't want to just lock himself away for for a week uh, away from people then then <laughs> I'll be amazed because I know that I would <laughs> one other thing is that it was quite kind of funny too because the upstairs at the NEC was uh, Comic-Con. Shared areas, little bit surreal. <laughs> you and some people dressed like they were play- they were in Halo me, or something me. like that. <laughs> I'm not bothered, though. No, it's, it's, you know, Mr. Mr. MGB Owners Club or whatever. Um, in some cases, <laughs> seemed to be a little bit bemused by it. <laughs> it's kind of funny yeah anyway uh list of the week because we've waffled about this far too long yep list of the week is from autocar and is the good bad or ugly the biggest automotive fads and there are 35 slides and this at the moment on the computer i'm using right now as we record seems to be working that's the ca- all the caveats are in place for an autocar slideshow but this, there are some absolutely stunning things in there which will bring back fond memories from our youth. And there's some stuff in there that makes you go, I'm so glad that's gone, or why has that not gone yet? Alan, amongst all that, is there oh, something mate. that leaps out to you in a positive or maybe not so positive way? The, the sad thing is there are so many things here which I can say I've done. Uh, they're on not, your cars or, now or not yeah some of them are still on my cars now <laughs> so uh, other than the obvious ones that doesn't narrow which down. are obviously anti-social seatbelt straps i've never understood that there was a time when people would always they'd, they'd have normal seatbelt not not racing harnesses but normal seatbelt and they'd put this seatbelt strap thing on which was just this irritating thing that would slide up and down and get in your way and i, I don't really understand why you well, it's the, the extra padding for when it slams on you see that that's must be what yeah. it's for <clears throat> it's called doing it wrong <laughs> yeah i never understood that and they would always like, like even the ones with like rip speed on them and stuff Yes, that, that that did come across as quite silly. Mm, quite yeah, silly, but inoffensive. There are some quite offensive ones in there. Well, ro- I'm going to mention a second one, which I really am not a fan of, and that's rolling coal. Yeah, totally with you on that one. That can get do in the bin. Not, that can go in the sea. That. Well, not in the sea, because that would contribute to naughty yeah. things, and that would be against COP26. But, but there, are also, there are also quite a few... There are also quite a few that I have done or, or changed oh there's there's a whole bunch actually the more further you go through the more you go Ooh, there's many Alan. there's many there's many, many that i have <laughs> i went done. through the full list i was going oh hmm, i wonder how he's going to narrow this down if he's going for the ones yeah, he's th- already done yeah no there's quite there's a fair <laughs> a fair percentage there yes, yes. all right for mm-hmm. me uh, i'm going to pick one and the one i really like and wish would come back, but it won't because of the way modern cars are designed, but tail fins. Okay. A tail fin. I I just think it was from a much more positive and optimistic time. Mm. And I'm I'm quite happy to embrace a more positive and optimistic time right now. Yes, I'll give you that. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right, do you want to take us to the end finally? Because... It feels like we have really followed this through to the death now, this story. Well, we have. Well, I don't know that it's to the death, but at the a few weeks ago, Andrew covered and finally where we were talking, well, we, this is the third installment of this. So the initial one was that they were looking, that Hot Wheels were looking for a car to make into a Hot Wheels model, and they were looking around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, that that people were to to apply if they had a vehicle that they felt was suitable or if they knew of a vehicle that was suitable, they should get people to to apply. 
the second update of this was that uh, that the the selected entrant from the UK was going to be uh, a Volvo P eighteen hundred gasser dragster called Ain't No Saint, and that's what had won from the UK. And it looked awesome. And it looked awesome. It was green, cool wheels, sticky out engine, all the things that you need for a Hot Wheels model. Well, today, finally, it has won. It is uh, It is the global winner. So it is the car that will be made into a Hot Wheels model. Congratulations to Lee Johnston. Absolutely. And the rest of his family because mm-hmm. they all run they all run it all uh he restored it from a rusty rolling shell uh it has a chevy 454 big block it's supercharged four barrel carbs yeah more than 50 years worth of experience of work has gone into this and it's fantastic so please congratulations it's brilliant to have something like this it's the first uk winner and that's going to be great Awesome. I think. Awesome. Absolutely so awesome. It is, it is so Hot Wheels, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great choice. And well done to everyone and the judging panel as well. Yep. From uh, Car Throttle, uh, Ian Callum, uh, and others who, who were all on that. So so well done. That's that's just just fab. Uh, what, a, what a delightful story that is. Yes. It's, it's been delightful to follow through because it's it's – you know, it's it's a toy car, but mm-hmm. it's brilliant because it, that gets to the nub of why we love cars. Because it something is. like that can happen. It's great. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, so that's us. That's about us for this week. Uh, parish notes. Uh, last Friday, uh, there was a a new special edition. Uh, if it glitched a bit the first time you tried to listen, please try delete it and download it again. Mm-hmm. Um, the apologies for that. Being in a hurry Technical and copying problems. and pasting. Um, it's what happens. Sorry. As a percentage, it happens very rarely. Just Yes. So, yes. So I had a Honda HRV hybrid for a couple of days, uh, and you can hear me tell it warts and all, all the things I loved and all the things I wasn't so keen on. Um, so, yeah. You've listened to it more recently than I have, so I, I maybe need to re-listen and remind myself just how just how angry, how concerned I became. So it, it's worth a listen, that one, I, I think. I this, don't know if it's one it, of our classics. There is, it's, it's, it's worth a listen anyway, because it's a new model, but there are important things discussed because of some of the things that come to light. <clears throat> Yes, which I was thinking about lots today when I was driving other stuff for a future special edition. Anyway, folks, uh, don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget you can support us on via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Winter and you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, for me personally, it's Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>